The following is a Furnished Brothers production. Introducing your host, Rob. Put your best players out there, Mike. And Ryan. He missed the net, and it somehow went in. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 26 of the Talkin' Buds podcast. Ryan, we are officially in the final week of the regular season, and I don't know about you, but after watching tonight's debacle against the Carolina Hurricanes, the playoffs can't come soon enough for me. Thank God, dude. Like, let's go. Let's get this thing started. Like, this regular season, I'm just... These last couple weeks, it's just, you know, like, they've been so inconsistent, and you you, you wonder what's going to happen once they hit that first round, but I, I don't care at this point. I'm just ready for that first round to start. I need some playoff hockey right now. All right. Before we um, talk a little more about the tonight's game, tonight's 4-1 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes, let's start on a positive note, okay? Let's talk about last night, because... Last night was one of the most joyful, euphoric, happy, exciting nights of the season as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, it was nice so, to see JT get that get that goal in Long Island, baby. You said it. The Leafs go into Long Island just over a month after the last time they were at the Coliseum there, and that... Uh, it didn't go so well for them. So they go in last night, and they've got a chance. All they needed was a point, Ryan. All they needed was a point, and they would have clinched a playoff berth for the third straight season. And not only did that happen, it happened because of a game-winning goal, his 46th of the season, from John Tavares. Yeah, dude. In front of all those bitter fans it was a glorious, glorious sight. Yeah, and it was a beauty goal, too. It wasn't like a little chip in in front of the net. It was like one-time slapper, top shelf. It was it was beauty, dude. Last night was just any time the Toronto Maple Leafs can give up one goal in a hockey game and get more shots than they give up, that's a positive to me at this point. I'll go another um, route. The thing I liked the most about last night is they jumped out to a lead and then didn't blow it, protected it. In a playoff hostile atmosphere where they were under pressure at times, they were able to stay strong and not allow the Islanders to tie the game up. And to me, that was the most encouraging because if they're going to win games next week and the week after that, that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah, and... and I like the way I've been harping on the forwards getting back in the D zone. I thought last night the uh, the forwards did an unbelievable job of getting back into the D zone, supporting the D, something we didn't see tonight, but it was nice to see last night, finally. Well, 
you alluded to it. So second night of a back-to-back, they have to travel home, and they're playing the Carolina Hurricanes, who are in the midst of a wild card race with the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Montreal Canadiens. Ryan, if there was any game on the schedule that was just primed and ready to go for a mail-in, it was tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. It tonight was, it was, was tonight. the night. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Dude. Just sign, sealed, lick the envelope, envelope mail that in baby in. Garrett Sparks starting. The other team's hungry. You you played oh, really yeah. hard Sparks last night. Starting. Yeah, that gives me all the confidence in the world. Right when I see Garrett Sparks in between those pipes, I just know we have a chance to win. Guy sucks. It's, it's the same. <laughs> It's the same with his teammates. So they start the first period, and they do. They look exactly like how we thought they would look. They look completely lethargic. They look like they spent all night traveling home from New York. They look like they spent last night playing their hearts out to clinch a playoff spot and get Johnny T a big win. And it was it was ugly, Ryan. One shot. I mean, two shots, excuse me, after one period. Yeah, like it just the effort didn't really show up until the start of the third period, to be honest with you. And then... Beauty Garrett Sparks, once they're pushing and pushing and pushing away, gives up a goal point blank from the high slot. And after that, it was just nah-nah for this hockey team tonight. Yeah, they um, that was not very good from uh, Garrett Sparks, Ryan. That was, that was awful, in fact. And this is after uh, the loss to Ottawa on Saturday where he comes out after the game and says he needs to be able to make big saves to keep his team in the game. And then that happens tonight. No, and he, he said he can't do that. And he's always flopping around his net. He's never in position. And whenever there's a scramble in front of him, he just, he can't, he doesn't know how to react to it. And he's always on, he's always on the ice on his belly flopping around. And and you know, you know, like these, these veteran backups in the national hockey league, like they can, they can put off a bad start because it's tough being a backup goalie. But I can just tell this kid is so far in his own head at this point, and he's just brutal, dude. He's just no confidence when he's in net. He's had a terrible season. He's had he hasn't had season... one good. He hasn't had one game yet where it was like, wow, Garrett Sparks really showed up tonight. They really needed a great effort for their backup goalie, and that hasn't happened once this year. Like who? Does Kyle Dubas have to wear this at the end of the season? Like it, like this, we all know. Rarely does Kyle Dubas get criticized for anything, at least so far this year. But we all know who's doing it is that Garrett Sparks is the backup goaltender on this hockey team. Yeah. So does does he have to wear this at the end of the year and be like, my bad? I I just like at the end of the day, I don't think it's that important. Like they're in the playoffs; they have a great starting goaltender. So if you want to nitpick and pick at the backup goalie, if, if you're going after the GM for the backup goalie, then he must be doing a pretty good job. But for that aside, just watching Garrett Sparks in his first year as a full backup, it's it's been a challenge for him. And and they're, they're lucky they're such a good hockey team like that they're able to make the play. Like we're, We harp on them 24-7, but there wasn't a doubt. They were going to make the playoffs the entire year. So really... You can go after the GM about the backup goalie, but you're kind of wasting your time doing that. I'm just pointing out when he's in the net, he's just, he's got a lot of work to do. I don't, I don't think he's done. He's still a younger guy in goaltender standards, but 
he he's got a long way to go, Garrett Sparks. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, speaking of people who have had tough years, William Nylander finally scores a goal, which would have been his seventh of the regular season. And it's immediately called back because he was about four, three, four feet offside. Yeah. And that sums up William Nylander's year. He finally gets a break, pots a goal, and it gets called back. I think we um, we pissed a lot of people off on our episode last week, Ryan, talking about uh, basically going after Willie Nylander for a good 10, 15 minutes of the episode. He, he is the... Um, I think he's the most polarizing player on the team. and But I, I legit felt bad for him tonight. Well, that's because Jake Gardner's out. It's true. Usually Jake well, Gardner's got that spot all locked up. Well, no, Gardner was a bit different. It, it'll be Apparently now we're all Jake Gardner fans because him being out has really shown us how valuable his puck-moving ability is. But everybody kind of got on Gardner. Like, you never really heard people saying, like, I don't mind Jake Gardner. Like, there are people who are just like, Nylander is is great and like they stick up for him and then there's another contingent of people who are like he sucks he is the softest player in the league etc 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 and we harped on him last week and I know for a fact that we pissed some people off well here's the facts man like here's the straight up facts 53 games played six goals like that that's the facts I'm sorry you can pull up all the analytics you want but Ryan, his possession numbers. Yeah, I get it. And you know what? There's there's some value in numbers. But at the end of the day, this was a guy who the whole first part of the season was all about him and his contract and what he thinks he deserves. And then he got it. And he's come, and since he's been back, he's played 53 games. Like, and he has six goals and really hasn't shown. Like, most of those nights, like, quiet offensively. Just not good enough, man. Like that's why people are get starting to get on him, and you shouldn't have to stick up for him because if he was doing his job, there'd be no need. I think the thing that that um, I get frustrated with is just is just like the like like Kapanen and him are a similar type of player, but Kapanen plays with an edge and like goes and gets the puck, whereas Nylander kind of floats on the periphery. Oh yeah, he waves his stick better than anyone in the National Hockey League. I, I think that's what it is about him that bothers me. Is it's just like, like come on, like at least look like you're gonna go in and try and win a puck battle. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I've almost accepted that from him and some other hockey players on this team. For me, it's just he's just flat out not getting the offensive chances he's gotten in the past. Like I, I haven't seen him have like he he always has that shot coming down his uh, strong side. He looks for the short side shelf. And I just haven't seen a lot of that this year. He's been really quiet offensively. He's juggled from line to line. I'll give him that. Like, it's he hasn't really found a stable line yet. But the, the fact is, this is a goal scorer, a guy who's supposed to be a point producer in this league, getting paid to do so, and he's not. And he can do all the little things right that we don't see. But at the end of the day, that means dick. Because all that me all that matters is... The goals, assists, and points you put up and how you help your hockey team win. And he's just he's just a non-factor most nights. Non-factor. Nevertheless, I did feel bad for him tonight because he got the goal and instantly got called back. And that was and... that was the class that was the first play of the year where it's like Matthews to Nylander, like bing bang boom in the net. 
Matthews with a great pass. Nylander with the vintage Nylander shot. And then just gets all stomped on by a complete offside. Yeah. I I, I, I did feel bad for the guy. There's no toys about it. So anyways, that first period ends, like I said earlier. Carolina outshooting the Leafs 11-2. to Second period starts. Dougie Hamilton scores another questionable goal allowed by Garrett Sparks. But it's like we, we got on Sparks earlier, but it's like the team in front of you has got two shots. So it's like, what do you what do you want the guy to do? And it was right around this time in the game that they threw to James Duffy, who updated us that the Boston Bruins were currently leading the Columbus Blue Jackets three to nothing. And the Bruins would go on to win that game six to two. Yep, that's basically the the Leafs and the Bruins were in the same position tonight, playing a team that's fighting for their wild card life. And one team came out and dominated, and one team came out and gave a lackluster effort, even though it's the back to back whole situation. I honestly, I um, on the one hand, it's like, listen, they clinched last night. I'm sure there's a part of them that's like us, where it's like, can we just get this over with? Like, so on, on one hand, and like, I can understand, like, and playing the second night of a back-to-back, your backup goalie can't stop anything. So I understand them, like, not, not putting their best foot forward tonight. But then you look at that, and I find that frustrating. It's like, here's the Bruins who also have it locked up, have home ice advantage locked up, could easily just mail it in, rest guys, whatever, and are playing another desperate team in Columbus, and they go out and just run them over. Yeah, just smash them. That's yeah, just, and that's it, just the way it's, it's been going lately, and that's why everyone is scared to death. Yep, it's true. That is an accurate uh, way of putting it, scared to death. Well, at least, one, so, at least one positive tonight is Matthew's 22 minutes of ice time. Well, no, Ryan, we're going to get into the positives right now because the number one positive of the night, as far as I'm concerned, Johnny T, 47th goal of the season. He'd already broken the record for most goals by a Maple Leaf center last night, and tonight he just added to it 47, 47 goals yeah, that's the, for John Tavares. That's the most goals by a Maple Leaf since 92-93, that magical run. I know Wendell yep. had 46 that year, so he just passed Wendell, and then Rick Five has a couple 50 Geno seasons. So this is like... The, <laughs> This is something that I haven't seen in my lifetime is a Maple Leaf who's able to score this many goals in one season. So if you take a step back, it's really special what he's done in this season. Like 47 super, goals. Yeah, it's unbelievable. yeah, I know. Like it's, it's been got, almost it's almost been 30 years since that's happened. He's got two games to try and get to 50. Yeah, and well, I don't know. That's going to be a tough, tough go. But it, it, just this enough, 47 I haven't seen it in my lifetime. I know Matt's was legend, but Matt's never had 47 goals. So you sign a guy to a big contract, you bring him here, you put him on a line with one of the best playmakers in the league. Look what happens. 47 Genos, career high in points, legend. Exactly what you want when you sign a big name free agent. When they signed him in the offseason, you in your mind had expectations for him but like he exceeded 47 yeah. goals I, I expected him to to kind of get in that more than like career high range passing his 86 points but i wasn't expecting 47 goals for him 
and just like the the consistency all season long. How many nights have you watched and been like, man, Tavares, he's really struggled tonight? Yeah, like there's there's some games where he looks a little slow out there, but at the end of the day, he's putting in his he's putting in his his offense, something William Nylander's not doing or incapable of doing this season. John Tavares, careful. Oh yeah. Anyone who believes in analytics is going to stop listening to this show. Yeah, I don't care. Please. <laughs> this is a this is a fan podcast, not a not a possession number zone exit podcast. Well, can we also make it perfectly clear that we don't hate William Nylander? I would love nothing more than for Nylander to just light it up in the playoffs and shut both Ryan and I up. I would love that. There's nothing I would love more. I don't hate any watch of these that. guys. It's just when you have we just have to call out the facts. And when you have six goals through 53 games, it's not good enough. And you're going to, you deserve some criticism because it's on you at some point. Your line mates can only help you so much. At some point, it's on you. There's no real point going uh, through the rest of the uh, notes here about this game. Leafs lose. No, no, let's, let's say, let's save the talking buds listeners yeah. from that. Yeah. We don't need and to relive we- that. Um, one thing I did like tonight is they were struggling and Babcock pulled out the Babcock blender. We saw Matthews, Marner, and Moore out there at once, Ryan. And the whole time they were on the ice, every shift they were on the ice together, I'm like, you boys better score or else this is ending quick. Oh, it did end quick because the next shift it was Matthews, Marner, and Hyman. Yeah, you like uh, Trevor Morris, I'm talking more Matthews, Marner. I'm, I'm, I'm watching them. I'm like, you boys better put in a couple really good shifts and potentially put put together a goal because if you come out here and play like crap for this period your this line isn't isn't going to last a period uh yeah i agree with you um let's let's do something a little bit different i i don't want to i don't want to um, obviously the big story right now with respect to the leafs is um that they're in the playoffs and they're going to play game one next Thursday against the Boston Bruins. We've got next week's show to tee that up. So let's take a look at the two remaining games they have on the schedule for this week. Freddie Anderson is going to play both. And Thursday night, the Tampa Bay Lightning are at Scotiabank Arena. What are you uh, What are you expecting for that one i i, 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 I expect know, to see a better effort than tonight you, you just gotta weather that special team storm that that tampa bay throws her way if you're if you're successful on special teams against the lightning good chances are you're having a pretty good game if if that team comes out and dominates on the power play it's gonna it's gonna get ugly and freddie's gonna have to be really good you know that we should also make mention that um the montreal canadians beat the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. So the Lightning also. Oh, dude, they 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 have sixty wins. They they they're they're good. I I think they could they could take a loss tonight. They're that hockey team that you used to like create and chill, and you would like create your two ninety nine overall players and put them on your team and just dominate the whole regular season. That that's the Tampa Bay Lightning this season. Remember uh, when back in the day when I played NHL two thousand and one. And I was the San, o- San Jose Sharks, and I created Rob Furnish, and I got 50 goals in the playoffs. <laughs> Dude, we, you're lying if you didn't stack your your best player and a created player. Oh, my God. Get 50 I just goals in the playoffs. Every, everything up to 100. 
Oh yeah, I, I those guys who who had the discipline to, to start their guys out at like ninety one overall. Good on you. Not me. I was like, my guy's going up to a hundred, and oh, I got yeah. 50, fifty goals, goals in the play playoffs. On my way to a Stanley Cup victory. Oh yeah, four game sweeps in all series. Yeah. Anyways, um, Saturday night at Centre Bell in Montreal. That's a huge game for the Habs. They're going to come out flying at home. The Leafs have a chance to play. Spoiler in that game. Unfortunately, the Leaf track record tells me, though, that that they're not going to put their best foot forward. I hope I hope that's not the case. Yeah, well, you know it's going to be a good game. Like, anytime these two teams hook up, it's always going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to that one. It's also Bob Cole's send-off night. Oh, that's going to get, I'm going to get emotional. Yeah, that's really sad, but that makes the game extra special. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't care about the Tampa game. Both hockey teams know they're, who they're playing. Oh, well, I guess Tampa doesn't know who they're playing in the playoffs, but both of them are in the playoffs. So that, that, that's whatever. That's a write-off for me. And then, you know, Saturday is going to be a special night regardless of win or loss. So let's just finish out the season, man, and get next week going. One more thing uh, Leaf-related that I want to talk about before we move on uh, to the next segment is Callie Rosen got called up from the Marlies, got a big goal last night. Kind of a fluky goal, but still a big goal when they needed it nonetheless. Yeah, he'll take what it. Did, what, have you, uh, what did you see from Callie Rosen, who we all um, jokingly nicknamed the savior in these last two games? Well, I like his skating. Like he he looks like an NHL skater out there. So that's that's already an upgrade from the scrap pile they have already for defensemen. But it, it's gonna take some experience to to make good decisions with the puck with this guy. Like that that goal where Dermot was hemmed in the corner and gave the puck away. Like that was if you look back a little earlier on that play, Rosen just throws it into Dermot's corner and just leaves him out to dry. Like it, it's just little decisions. He also gave away the puck up the middle like two or three times a night. So it's good. It's going to take some NHL experience for him to get a little better. But I like his skating. I like the way he handles the puck better than what they've had out there so far. I'd agree with you. I think that um, he and Dermot are definitely an upgrade over Marinson, Hull, and Ojekanov. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Dermot. Dermot's made a big difference. And I, I hope. I know. I know we... Everyone loves to give it to him, but you know what? You hope Jake Gardner's back for game one. Like, I think, I think they're him. aiming for that. I'm think, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him in there on Saturday in Montreal because Babs has been very vocal about how he wants um, to hit Gardner to get at least one regular season game in before the playoffs start. So let's, I feel like that's what they're shooting for, but you never know. Yeah, no, that would be that'd be big because regardless of what you think of him and in his past game seven history where he's been awful, him even Jake Gardner at seventy five percent is better than Marty Marincin. Like we we need him back. How's it going, everybody? Thank you very much for downloading the show. If you want to interact with us further, you can follow us on Instagram at Talking Buds Podcast, on Twitter at Talking Buds Pod. You can download the show on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and YouTube. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Join the Talking Buds fan club. We really appreciate it. Now, let's get back to the Toronto Maple Leaf Podcast for all the buds. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. 
All right, Rai, I've already said earlier that, you know, we've got next week to really dive deep and talk about the Boston series and talk about matchups and who they're going to play against who and what we expect for game one and all that fun stuff. So we're going to save that till next week and we're going to do something a little bit different on the show this week. We're going to do a elongated version of Around the League. I want to talk about some of the storylines going on in other places in the NHL get into some playoff race chatter get into some my favorite Edmonton Oiler chatter and all kinds of stuff but I want to start here Alexander Ovechkin another 50 goal season yeah dude oh my goodness which is even more impressive given the fact that they went on a deep cup winning run last year the guy spent all summer, getting dummied every day. Comes back this year, 50 goals. The Caps are first place in their division and are legit are a legit threat to come out of the East again. Your thoughts? Yeah, man. Honestly, I'll say it right now. They're my pick to come out of the East. I know I know Tampa Bay is unstoppable, but that that Tom Wilson factor, that toughness factor that the Capitals have that not a lot of other teams have, including Tampa Bay. I see them being extremely dangerous in a series. And they beat Tampa Bay last week in a pretty heated hockey game. And it's talking about Ovi, Ryan. He's part of the toughness factor, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk about a, an elite hockey player who always finishes his checks and finishes them with, like, some oomph behind them, you know? Like, he's not just waving a stick, kind of, eh. he He's finishing his checks. And... Eight seasons of over 50 goals for this guy. I, I think it's eight seasons. I, I'm going to go with that. He is arguably the greatest goal scorer to ever play this game. Like, he's to do that talking- in this era, like, it, it, it was easy to slag on Ovi when he first got in the league. He was a bit of a goof. Let's, let's, not, let's not joke here. He was a bit of a goof. No one really liked him. He's also unfairly kind of painted as, like, a Russian hockey player coming in, but now at 2019, Ovi, one of the greatest goal scorers to ever lace him up. And I could, they're, they're the new penguins to me, the, the caps, man. Like I could see them going on a run this year. And if they keep that team together, then they could, they could go on a run for several years going. Alexander Ovechkin has 658 career regular season goals. Wayne Gretzky has 894. Yeah. Do we think Ovi has a chance to potentially catch that record? Well, that means he's got to keep scoring at his pace I think for another couple of years. And he, he's Ryan, getting if he older. Spend all, if he can spend all summer getting ripped and then every single day, every single day, and then come back, and have a season like this, there's no stopping him. If he's Alexander Ovechkin is the perfect hockey player to me. He's if I could make a create a player in Chell, I want everything that Alex Ovechkin has: size, speed, physicality, shot, goal scoring ability. Like he, in my opinion, he he's the most he's the total package. Yeah, and he added the maturity to his game, and that's when it fully came around for him exactly and so you're looking at with Ovi you're looking at like five 
more seasons, five or six more seasons of like a 50 goal pace to get there, which for him, like I, I'm not going to rule him out. He he is in his thirties now. Like he's not a young dude, but you're right, dude. Like he, he got dummied all off season. Every time you opened Instagram, the guy was getting absolutely dummied with the cup. So yep. you're right. If he can have a summer like that, I'm sure when Ovi's 37, 38, he'll, he can find a way to still sit in the slot and hammer that that one timer home. He he's incredible. Like it's it, that team is dangerous, man. Like they're they're my pick going to the final again out of the East. All right, before we move on, there is one more player I want to talk about, and that is one Connor McDavid. 115 points on one of the most embarrassing franchises in the NHL. Yep. What? Where do we even begin with that? Like. And it's not getting any better anytime soon. You and I have fun making fun of the Oilers all the time. But, like, in all seriousness, this guy's got 115 points on an awful team. Yeah, Leon Dreisaitl is over 100 points, too. And he's got 47 goals. So those are two super elite hockey players stranded on an island. Do you see, and we've talked about this before, but I want to pose it one more time because this is probably the last time we're going to talk about it until the off season and all that sort of th- sort of stuff. Do you see a possibility in which Connor McDavid goes to management whether it be next year or the year after and says you got to trade me? Oh, you know what? Like I don't think that's happening. You're right. You, you, this year, like the next year, no, he's not going to do that. And if the Edmonton Oilers are smart, They'll sit down with him and kind of give him a game plan of how they're kind of going to get out of this jam. But if they're this bad in 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 that in two or three years, like it's it's hard to say that. Like, why wouldn't he do that? Like, why wouldn't he go to them and be like, I, I'm out of here. Like, I, I have a I got a hundred point. I got a hundred points one year. I got a hundred and four the other year. I got a hundred and fifteen now, and we still can't make the playoffs because well, our at, team stinks. The thing with uh, Connor McDavid, like for myself is like the guy is the most exciting player in the league. We just rattled off his point totals and I, I never really think of him because his team sucks. Yeah. They were good. His that, that year they made the playoffs and went to the second round. That was exciting. And, but now they're, they're a hockey team with two, unbelievable players and a bunch of crap contracts and a bunch of guys who just aren't good enough and bad goaltending. They don't have any goaltending either. So they're, they're in a bind, man. Like they, they better call Lou Lamorello and try to get him in there to create a little Robada Island because Milan Lucic right now isn't looking too pretty. Their defense is brutal. They got Ken Hitchcock behind the bench and they have no goaltending. Like they're, they're, Dude, like they're they're bad. They're not good. And it's that well, the Western Conference was sad this year, so they they're not as far back as you think they are. But if you really sat and digested some Edmonton Oilers this year, you know they're not even close, man. And and it's I, I kind of feel bad for Edmonton in a way, but I don't because they had Wayne and that's just the ultimate spoil. But it, Man, if 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 I feel bad for Oilers fans if he goes to management in two or three years and they're still bad and he's like, I want out. That's gonna be tough. Adding salt to the wound, 
for the Edmonton Oilers is their Alberta rival Calgary Flames are sitting atop the Pacific Division, atop the Western Conference with 107 points and should be considered a legitimate cup contender coming out of the West. Yeah, they're they got a new coach. Like their coach to me made a huge difference because there wasn't a huge amount of turnover on their roster over the offseason. Bringing in Bill Peters, who's just Mike Babcock 2.0, but probably a little less stubborn, was big for them because they always had the talent, but bringing him in, he brought all the pieces together. Their captain is an absolute legend. Giordano is so good. Gaudreau is so good. The only thing the Flames have to worry about going into the playoffs is they, they don't have a goaltending situation that's ideal either. Like David Riddage, Mike Smith, that's not going to get you to a cup final. So I, I think they're going to they're gonna burn out at some point because of their goaltending. You but, think the Flames are going to burn out? Oh, man. That was... I did not catch that. That was unintentional. Yeah, that was the not an, an intended pun whatsoever. I missed that. I'm kind of upset. But, yeah, they're going to run into a goaltending situation because they're, they're going to run into Winnipeg. Winnipeg's good. San Jose's good. Nashville's good. And Vegas is kind of a sleeper, too. So, well, let's, let's, let's take a look at the... Um the west we we spend a lot of time talking about the east so let's take a look at the west so pacific division you've got the three teams that have clinched calgary san jose and vegas calgary is way in front with 107 points sharks behind with 97 vegas golden knights with 93 so it's looking like round one will be sharks and golden knights yeah and yep. then in the and the flames will wait for one of the wild card teams then in the central division You've got the Jets and the Predators tied at the top with 96 points. So the playoff matchup has not been determined. And the St. Louis Blues, who have also clinched third place in that division with 94. So the top six in the West are signed, sealed, and delivered. Yeah, the, the dude, I think the West is wildly unpredictable this year yeah yeah and like, yeah the west is a coin flip yeah like the jets are good but like they they have their warts nashville doesn't have powerhouse offense st louis uh, to be honest with you i ha- i don't know much about the blues like they they were br- they were in last place at one point and now they're they're clinched so you know san jose's dangerous they got a ton of vets good goaltending vegas is kind of sneaky good goaltending and we'll see if Dallas and Colorado can hang on. I I, I honestly have zero prediction on what's ha- happening in the West. The two uh, wild card spots are currently being held. Wild card one is being held by the Dallas Stars. Yeah, they'll get in. They'll get with in. eighty nine yeah. points. And wild card two is being held by the Colorado Avalanche with eighty six points. The Arizona Coyotes are trailing them with eighty four, and Minnesota is three behind Colorado with eighty three. Yep. And uh, poor Brucey Boudreau guaranteed a playoff spot. I don't think that's happening, buddy. So it'll be interesting to see. You're right. I think um, I think the West is a complete coin flip. And it's kind of funny, the balance of power, right? So it's like in the last few years, the West was always considered like all the heavyweights were in the West. And now that's kind of shifted and the heavyweights are more in the East with Tampa, Washington, Boston. Yeah. I think we're destined for a Tampa Washington rematch in the conference final. 
Well, let's get into the East now. We all know um, the Atlantic Division. We all know how that sits. Leafs are going to play the Bruins. Lightning have clinched. Lightning have 124 points. Yeah, that's 60, and the W column looks pretty good. 60, 16, and 4. Yeah, that that's that's a Chell-created team type of record. Wow. Yeah, dude, they're, they're honestly a joy to watch play hockey. The passes that they even try to make and actually are successful at making is some of the best hockey I've ever seen in my life. Like they are just tic tac toe in the net. Every line can score. Their top scorer is having just a ridiculous year. Good goaltending number one D like they're, they're the favorites, but I don't see them getting by the capitals, but Dude, they're 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 stacked. Like they're a special hockey team. John Cooper wins coach of the year. Well, yeah, he should. He's gonna have some 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 competition with Barry Trotz. Speaking of Barry Trotz, let's go to the Metropolitan Division. Washington Capitals have clinched with 102 points. The New York Islanders, who will likely finish in second, are behind them with 99. And the Pittsburgh Penguins, who have yet to clinch are sitting there with 97 points, but the Penguins will get in. Yeah. They'll, 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 There's no way Sidney Crosby's going to allow that to happen. That's another hockey player we haven't talked about. Sid's been unreal in the back half of the season. Like classic yeah, just, Sid putting the team on his back. I'm points saying, every night. Not, I'm Sidney Crosby. I don't miss the playoffs. No, no. Sidney Crosby's not a thing that I do. And we'll somehow get in, not have that good of a team, and still put up a fight and could win it. Like they're yep. they're well they're as it stands right now they're going to the island for game one yeah the Islanders I'm sorry the Islanders are fizzling out they just don't have what it takes to me they they've had unreal goaltending all year they've been good defensively they work hard I'll give them that but they they're not they're not surviving four rounds in the playoffs not a chance and after their uh, big win against the Leafs tonight Carolina sits in the first wild card spot with 95 points and the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Montreal Canadiens are tied. With 94, so there is a tie for the second wild card spot. Yeah, I would like to see the Hurricanes not make it, just because it's just an irrelevant hockey market, and I really don't care about the Carolina Hurricanes. I, I, I would like to see the Habs get in, because the playoffs with the Habs is always just more exciting, regardless if we hate them or not. Just a, a series with the Habs in the playoffs just feels right. The Blue Jackets have two games left. Friday against the New York Rangers and Saturday against the Ottawa Senators. Lots of favorable two games. Exactly. So theoretically, they can pick up two W's. Yeah, they could, man. And this could be, it would be sad if they didn't get in after all the work they did at the deadline, knowing Panarin and Bobrovsky are walking at the end of the year. Like, if they just don't at least get one round in Columbus. That that's tough for a fan base who's not. It's not a huge hockey market. It, 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 it's going to be tough for them to swallow if they don't make it in. I want to see them make it in because I think they're a good team and they're a tough team. And I I, I like them more than Carolina. I'll tell you that. And um, you just made the claim that you said that you'd like to see the Habs get in. Yeah, I do. I think just I just think for overall playoff excitement, like. Just think about it. Like, would you turn on a Carolina Hurricane playoff game? No. Well, Ryan, Thursday night, they play 
the Washington Capitals. And then Saturday night, they play the Leafs. Yeah, that's a tough go for the... Oh, they beat the Lightning tonight, though. Desperate hockey teams can can pull some stuff out and can win some hockey games. I think the Canadians have a little special magic to them. Not not in like a cup run type of way, but to kind of get in the playoff Cinderella story type of way. And they got the goalie. And they got some toughness, man. Like the Habs, they're 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 a nice team to watch. They're not gonna win anything. But I it just I would not turn on a Carolina Hurricane playoff game, but I would turn on a Montreal Canadian playoff game. That's the only reason why I want to see them get in. And um, they also have the best goalie in the world. Yeah, like they, they have the goaltending. And they got they got a big boy, big captain, reliable dude, Shea Weber, man. Like he, he may not be the player he used to be, but if, if Shea Weber's my captain, I'm like, nice. We, we got so, a beast back here. Columbus has got to play New York and Ottawa. Montreal has got to play Washington and Toronto. And Carolina has got to play New Jersey and Philly. So Montreal Habs have the tougher, tougher road ahead for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's going to be, I, it's going to be interesting. I like seeing a good little race like this. It's uh, we'll see who gets in, man. I I hope it's the Habs and the blue jackets. Me personally. Yeah. uh, Me too. Cause I agree with you on Carolina. I just um, don't care. Don't care. Don't care either, buddy. All right, well, there's our little around the league segment for this week. So let's uh, let's do what we always do, Ryan. You tee it up. What time is it? It is time for bums and beauties. It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds. That's exactly right. It is time for Bums and Beauties. Ryan, you go first. Tell me which one you want to do, Bum or Beauty. I don't know, man. What do you want to do? I, I can never decide. Do um do, do your beauty first. Let's be positive. All right. My beauty of the week is Johnny T. 47 Genos. That is the only explanation I need to give for this beauty of the week pick. It's just you sign a guy, an elite hockey player. He needs to come in. He needs to play like an elite hockey player. And that is what he has done this season. So, John Tavares, you are my beauty of the week. My beauty of the week. This is a recording. This is he's this guy is definitely leading the charge in the beauty category for us. At the end of the year, we'll go back and um, do a sort of tally and see who wins and we'll give them some sort of talking buds award. But my beauty of the week is Frederick Anderson. He has struggled a bit as of late. And last night he shut the door and played the way he needed to in order for them to pick up a big W and clinch their playoff spot. This team is absolutely nothing without him, in my opinion. So once again, Frederick Anderson is my beauty of the week. Yeah, it's a good choice. I thought he was really good last night. He looked like he was swallowing everything up. Looked unreal. All right. Bum of the week. Who you got? 
All right, my bum of the week are New York Islanders fans. Oh yeah. Okay. First of all, I know what you're talking about. You're gonna we're gonna bring up that video that's going around online. That is the most staged thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, it's not even that. It's just like, dude, shut up. I'm making eleven and a half sheets a year. You're a bum who's sitting in the first row. Shut up. And they just, you know what? Shut up. Just Islander fans, they just piss me off. Their crowd last night was nothing compared to the first time around. But if you if you really didn't need them, then you shouldn't care that much. So shut up. I'm done with you. They're my bum of the week. Shout out to our buddy Brad who commented on that video saying, this guy's acting like Tavares is his dad who went out for a pack of cigarettes 30 years ago and never came back. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, just that guy... I would just look, if I was Johnny, I would look to him and be like, dude, you're bum sitting watching me making 11 half sheets a year. Shut up. They're my bum of the week. So I'm going all goalie tonight, and I know this seems like the low-hanging fruit, and we already talked about him a little bit, so I won't belabor the point too much, but Garrett Sparks is my bum of the week. Two just, weeks in a row. Yeah, he he played, he, he, came, he came out, after the game on like Saturday night, he lets in two brutal goals. They they battle back, tie the game up, and then he just again can't make the big save. So much so that he comes out after the game and admits that he can't make the big big save. And then tonight, again, yes, they only had two shots through the first period, and I get that. But this this team plays when Sparks lets in a goal like that, you can see them just deflate because they're like, this guy, like, even if we battle back, this guy's going to let in another softy. And, and, we'll and talk- you can see him deflate in his own head, too. Yeah. Just in his own head, like nothing. I I don't know what the plan's going to be for him next year. We've got all offseason to talk about that. But I, I just don't know how, like, his job should definitely be up. He should not go in to next season assuming that that's going to be his job again because he has not played well all year. So, Garrett, sorry to keep dumping on you, buddy, but you are my bum of the week. Yeah, the only option they have is maybe they go out and find one of those veteran backups who kind of bounces around the league because they don't have anyone else coming up to take that spot. So unless they feel like that's a a position of need. What about Hutchison? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, actually, that's a good point. I totally forgot about him. He's kind of fits that bill, but clearly uh, Kyle Dubas has his rider dies with that Calder Cup winning hockey team. And Garrett Sparks is one of those guys, and he's going to give him a chance because he will only get better. He will only get better as a backup goalie through experiencing what it's like to succeed and fail as a backup goaltender. But he he's just, to me, it's just when you watch him positionally, I'm not a goaltender coach. I, I never played goalie, but you, you've seen enough goalies in your lifetime. He is just always out of position, and it's just, it drives me crazy. And he gets, like, like he gets, we're, we're really picking on him now, but he gets, he does, he gets swimming around. And he, he yeah, he looks rattled he looks frazzled yeah and 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 that permeates through the rest of the team like uh, we've talked about a lot on this show about why freddie anderson is so important and it's his demeanor and the way he plays the position is just as important as his talent and skill level it's he 
the way he's able to settle everything down permeates through this young team and is so valuable to them. And Sparks gets so rattled and running around and and it's just I yeah, I couldn't have said it, it better it, myself, honestly. It does. Yeah, it it and it affects the rest of this team and I hope Kyle Dubas is sitting up top noticing these things and noticing that like my team is still very young and they need that sort of security blanket and stability back there and Garrett's demeanor and temperament as a person and inability to sort of stay calm at least from like a body language perspective is just not there and it permeates to the rest of the team. Yeah, and Dubas Dubas has made a decision that he wants to to continue to develop goalies in the system and he feels that playing Garrett Sparks as a backup for this hockey team is a way to to do that. So I I I see him coming back next year because it, I don't think I don't think he's going to go out and sign a veteran guy to, to to do the backup duties. All right, and with that we concluded our regular season editions of talking buds. We'll have one more. Actually, that's not true. We'll have one more next week where we'll tee up the Boston series, sort of a preview. We can review the regular season and then tee up the postseason. And then after that, we got a special surprise coming up for you guys with our po- talking buds postseason review shows. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a time. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. You're, there's going to be lots of emotion. Oh, fresh off a, a game one loss. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Boys. There's going to be some hot takes. Get the bulletproof vests out if you go down game one. Yep. So we'll see you next week for our playoff preview, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for downloading. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.